following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Heavenly Father, we do praise you for the fact that you are the great I Am. We praise you for the fact that you are holy and that you're working um, for our good because we love you because you first loved us. Lord Jesus, we do want to come before your throne and we ask that uh, you would just forgive us for our transgressions. We know that your grace covers our sin. We get that when we come into a relationship with you. When we confess and believe that we are your children and we love that. But we also know that we battle with this flesh. And we know that it hangs on us. And it over just uh, comes um, our desires to do your will. And so God, would you just forgive us uh, this morning individually as well as corporately as we gather here to praise your name. Lord Jesus, uh, Becky already said it, but you know it. There are people who are just struggling with some things. Raising kids, all the things that are going on in life, um, relationships, marriages, friendships, uh, health issues and concerns within our body. We lift up our brother Darbuck here even today as he's just um, very sick. And uh, we ask that you would just come and be the healer of all of these things. We know that you answer prayers, yes, no, and wait. And we ask that you would help us to see your hand in the yeses. Uh, to worship you in the no's, and to be patient in the maybe's and the wait's. God, we want to yield to your word this morning and what it says. We love this passage in Timothy. We have just been so blessed by this book as we've been walking through it slowly and unpacking the truths that are presented there. We know that they're applicable for our congregation just as much as they were for Timothy's. God would... Um, you help us, not just this morning, but in the week, to yield to your word and what it says. We just love you so much. Thanks for loving us when we're unlovable. <laughs> Thanks for caring about us. And thanks for being there to hear us when we pray to you. Uh, thank you for your word, even here this morning. And it's not my words, it's your words. And would you do something supernatural this morning, and that is... As we teach and preach your word, would you help it to impact uh, the hearts of the people who are present? Would you speak very clearly, uh, more clear than I could ever be, on these truths in your word? All God's people said. Amen. Amen. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 4 is where we're going to be at this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And let's have some fun here this morning. Brent, come up here for a second. It's Brent's birthday today. Say happy birthday. Stand, stand right here, buddy. Happy birthday. Doug, where are you at? Brother Doug. Brother Doug, can I borrow you for a minute? It's Doug's birthday today, too, as well. Say happy birthday. Doug is 20. Doug, is he right here? Okay. No, don't do that. Come on. Uh, Brandy. We need a, a Brandy. 
Randy. Randy and Randy. Would you guys come over? No, Randy's waving me off. That's fine. Randy will come over here. That's fine. One more, Janae. Why don't you come up here for a second? I'm going to use you guys just for a minute. Okay, so Janae's coming up here. Say hi to Danny. Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny. And then hi to Brent. Hi, Brent. Hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. You look good for 20. Man. Don't tell me you're super 22. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I say. What are you talking about? All right. Hi to Brandy. Hi to Janae. Hi to Janae. I'm going to do a magic trick. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do a magic trick. Okay, I want you to think about something, okay? Uh, three, one, two, three guys, two girls, okay? This is something that's going on in our society and something that's happening and taking place uh, a lot. If we were to just stand here and we were to look at all these people, could we tell if they were a Christian or not a Christian just by looking at them? Just think about that for a second. If I were to just look at these people, could we tell if they were a Christian or not a Christian? Well, honestly, probably, we could, right? I mean, we're kind of camouflaged. The club you had came on night, day, night. So we're kind of camouflaged as Christians. But upon further review, if we were to spend time with Danny, or Brent, or Doug, or Randy, or Janae, and we were to start talking to them, and kind of go through uh, some conversation with them, we might start to understand if they were or if they weren't Christian, but just upon glance, we can't really tell, can we? Okay, Timothy, especially the passage that we're going to talk about today, is going to help us to be a little bit distinguished from the rest of the crowd, okay? And I want you to think about this, uh, not just this morning, but also this week, as you see people that are present in your life, just like them who are gathered up here today, as you see people, I want you to start to think to yourselves, what makes them different, and what makes us Christian. Okay, you guys can sit down. That was good. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> See, Randy, it was easy. I wasn't going to make fun of you. I wasn't going to tell you. I was going to be nice today. That's what nice. <clears throat> Alright. 22. That's incredible. Alright. So, here we go. First Timothy chapter 4, 7 through 12. Last Half of chapter 4, Paul is going to instruct Timothy about what it looks like to be a little bit different. And that's our whole goal here today, okay? Is upon further review, uh, review, do we look different? And if we look different, how to look different, okay? Now, a couple of things that Paul is going to tell Timothy that is going to be so important for us is only useful if we apply it. You got that? Okay, so everything that I'm saying here this morning has no, has no real, like, weight if it just falls here on the fuse, and we don't use it after we walk out of these doors, okay? It has to be used, and it has to be um, essentially uh, taken in and really weighed through in order to get uh, its full effect, okay? So 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Brian, go ahead, buddy. <clears throat> now, the spirit, or uh, that's verse 1, sorry. So, have nothing to do with irrelevant silliness. Rather, train yourselves for godliness. I'm going to back up for a second. It's not on your screen, but I'm going to read verse 6 with it. If you put these things before the brothers and sisters, those are you guys who are gathered here this morning. This is applicable word for you. If, Timothy, you put these things before the brothers and the sisters, you will be good servants of Christ Jesus. Something I believe every single one of us wants, right? Everybody wants to be good servants. Now, being trained in word and faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed, seven, I'm going to read it again, have nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths. Rather, 
you should train yourself for godliness. In order to stand out and stick out a little bit, upon further review, we would say that Paul is encouraging Timothy and to the people of Ephesus, all the way to the people who are gathered here this morning, first thing, write this down, be very careful of the trends. Be very, very careful of the trends, both secular and, quote-unquote, spiritual. Be very careful of the trends. Timothy, my young Timothy, whom I love and I care about, have nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths. Paul's whole goal is to refuse that which was insufficient and a waste of time. Oftentimes, the trends are insufficient and a waste of time. Amen? Amen. Well, some of us, eh, I don't know, Lord, I don't need to talk about, right? Oftentimes, the trends are insufficient and a waste of time because they take away from the true study in the Word of God. A test for that which was insufficient and a waste of time essentially lied in two factors. He says, you can be on guard and careful of a trend if first and foremost it is profane. If that trend is, write that down, profane, it is not a trend in which you need to spend your time on. Young Timothy, young Christian, those who are gathered here, as well as the same truth for those people who are gathered in Ephesus, be very careful of the trends that are profane. What are some trends that we participate in that are profane? Think about it. What are some trends that we participate in that are profane? Paul is speaking here about something that did not hold to the character of Jesus Christ. He said, these things are godless chatter. I'll bring it up on the screen for you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. Paul tells Timothy, avoid this godless chatter. Avoid these trends. Avoid these, these things that are profane. Because those people who indulge in those things will become more and more ungodly. How do I tell the difference between somebody who is an everyday person and somebody who is a Christian? They are careful about the trends, and they are even more careful about that which is profane. Because they know any time we participate in something that is profane, it leads us away from our relationship. He says, I do not want you, young Timothy, I do not want you, congregational member, to get caught up in that which is profane. It may seem funny for a moment, but it will lead to regret later on. There were some things going on in Ephesus, and if we were to study this passage really in depth, a lot of people were participating in old wives' tales, right? You know what an old wives' tale is, right? What happened is, a bunch of women used to get involved in our, get uh, over in a room and they would start chattering and all of a sudden, one little sliver of truth would kind of just start branching out and all of a sudden it, it became this kind of a tale, a tall tale. You know, that's kind of how Paul Bunyan was birthed. Remember Paul Bunyan? Blue Ox, babe? a great story, right? It is built upon a truth, but what happened was the chatter just kind of continued to escalate. And as the chatter continued to escalate, all of a sudden then this guy could do things that he could never do in real life. The same happens when we start in on trends that are profane. They start out maybe for a motive that is maybe questionable. 
But what happens is slowly but surely, it starts to build. And before we know it, we are caught up in something that we shouldn't be caught up in because it leads us away from our relationship with Christ. Be careful of the trends, that which is profane. You want to be set apart? Be careful of those things. Number two, he says, because these things take place, there are these things that happen in Ephesus called fables. Now, we know fables is one thing, but this is a fable uh, in a different way. This changes from the secular that is profane, have nothing to do with that, into the, into the sacred, which people were taking Christian truths and building upon them for their own gain. So he says, essentially, be careful of the trends outside of the church, but also be careful of the trends inside the church. The newest and latest, greatest book on the Christian bookstore shelves might not be the best thing for you. Can't believe I said that. Right? This is because sometimes things are built upon opinion and not built upon Scripture. Be careful, be careful, Christian, be careful, Timothy, be careful, Pastor Jordan, of the trends. If you want to look a little different than everybody else in the world, you will be solid and solidified in Scripture and in prayer. Watch out for what's hot. That's exactly what he says. Watch out for what's hot. You want to be a little bit different than everybody else? Watch out for what's hot. Timothy, you want to stand out from the rest of the crowd? Watch out for what's up. Everyday Christian, you want to stand out a little bit at your job or your workplace or your home? Do things that are consistent to the Word of God, to Scripture, and to prayer. The latest and greatest sells. But that which has stood the test of time remains to be true. Okay? Bible's been around for a long time. Paul's point to Timothy was the greatest exercise that he could commit himself to was the quest for godliness. What is the quest for godliness? The quest for godliness, according to Paul, to instruct Timothy was, have nothing to do with irrelevant, silliness. Rather, train, underline that word, train yourself for godliness. Train takes discipline. Say discipline. Nobody's good at discipline. It's hard. It takes work. Timothy, you need to train yourself to... Be disciplined for godliness. Attempt to be in your word. Spend time in prayer. Go to church. Be with brothers and sisters in Christ. Why is it that we spend so much of our time trying to understand the world and its structures and its habits instead of God, His word? He says, Timothy, you are to train yourself. You are to discipline yourself. To be careful of the trends and be solidified in what scripture says. He says, you must give your time and attention to understanding this text. And you must give your time and attention to being holy. Becoming like Christ. Spending time with him in prayer. Study the word, Timothy. Spend time in prayer, Timothy. The things in which you cannot live, Timothy, God can. The things in which you are struggling with, church, that are outside of your grasp, God has it in His. The things in which you cannot control, God can. And there is where we come to Him 
and we train ourselves for godliness because we say, I will accept the fact that it may not be popular, but I accept the fact that it will be powerful because it is God doing something that I cannot do on my own. Timothy, be careful of the trend. You will stand out. Church, be careful of the trend. You will stand out. He says, be careful of the trends. Second, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. He says, when you train yourself for godliness. Now, he says, for bodily training has, is of some value. Uh, some people love this passage of scripture because they think it says you don't have to work out. <laughs> we should be careful with that. Okay, we'll get there. Okay. He says, bodily training is of some value. Keyword, some value. Okay. Some people have circled that sum like 60 times. Like some, yeah, I've got it. Hey, is, Mark Lowry used to say, I do one sit up a day. I get up in the morning, that's half. I go to bed at night, that's the other half. It's <laughs> some, okay. Godliness, let's keep going, is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Timothy, how do you stand out? Christian, how do you stand out? Be careful of the training first and foremost. Don't get caught up in that which is profane. Don't get caught up in the church with that which is opinion. Stay solidified and grounded in scripture. Number two, he says, according to what the word says, is be cautious of your passions that they don't get more important than that which Jesus has set aside for you. He says, watch your passion. Now, this verse speaks volumes to me because I love to work out. Matter of fact, I love to work out so much sometimes, it has, it has at a point in my life been more important than what God's word says. So, physical exercise has little advantage, but what Paul is telling Timothy is, you have to compare that to your intellectual discipline which you train yourself for to be obedient to the study of the Word. When's the last time we sat down, read our Bibles, looked at that passage of Scripture, seeing very clearly what it tells us to do, and not done it? James tells us, anything that we know is right and we do not do it, it is a sin. The Essenes, or the people in Ephesus, we're making physical exercise an idol. And while physical exercise should be practiced, it does have beneficial things for our body, which is a temple. The same thing ties into the passions that we have in our everyday life. Exercise is one of those things. But what is the thing that you are passionate about? If I were to walk up to all six of these people, I hope there were six there. People. And I were to take the microphone and I were to say three things, Danny, that you are all about. And he would say, well, I'm about X, Y, and Z. And then I would turn around to our congregation people that know him and I would say, three things that Danny is about. And what happens is people would say, he's about this, he's about this, he's about this. If Jesus is not in those top three, your passions have become more important than your relationship with Christ. If I am not identified as being passionate about obediently following Jesus Christ because he has died on the cross for my sins, then my passions have become more important than my relationship with Jesus Christ. People in your life need to look at you and say, that, that man, that woman, 
loves Jesus. At funerals, I always say funerals are way easier than a wedding. You show up for an hour, you say some nice words about the person, and then you go home, and it's, it's actually, it's really nice to get a funeral, because if you go to a funeral, the family is gathered there, and it, it's kind of the weight is off their shoulders, this person, you know, is, has been sick for a long time, or something happened, and everybody shows up, right? Everybody just comes from all over the place. You go to a wedding, and you're there Friday night, and Saturday, and oh my goodness, got to deal with brides, and grooms, and grooms are always worse than brides, and... <coughs> And it's just an, it's, it's, it's an all-weekend thing. When I do a funeral, the one thing I always wait to hear is the people say, tell me one thing about Fred. And I love hearing from people, Fred loved the Lord. Fred cared about the Lord. Fred was passionate about Scripture. If you were to die today, okay, think about this. Because the Cubs are winning. And that means Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> if you were to die today, and we were to have your funeral in this place, and your casket were to be placed right in front, what would people say about you? Would they say you love the Lord? Would they say she loved the Lord? What would they say? Number one, watch personal passions. Watch them. Watch them closely, guard them like a hawk. When you become passionate about something, watch, watch it, watch it, watch it. I watched my biological father uh, get buried. Never forget that, if you know, because I noticed one thing that happened when they buried him, they buried him in Steeler's turtleneck. And I heard all of his friends go by and say, he loved the Steelers. And I'd ask them all the same question, but did he love the Lord? I'm an avid Steelers fan. But watch personal passions. Exercise is one thing that can become an idol, but what we have to be careful for is other things that take precedence over our holiness. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 23, is beyond the screen. It says, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. He's talking about passions here. They have an appearance of wisdom. They have an appearance of being something that is good or healthy or, man, this is going to be good for me or whatever the case is, with, an imposed, uh, with their self-imposed worship. In other words, there are so many things in this world that are just grabbing you and saying, worship me, worship me, worship me, worship me, right? And when God's in the back going, I, I'm the one that died on the cross for your sins. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. In other words, that the mind would be stimulated as we study the word and as we take time in prayer. Some personal passions that are ignored, just in case you can't think of any in your own life. Obtainment of possessions, working out is one of them, eating, accumulation of wealth, television, movies, sporting events. Take a pick. Okay. True religion. Now, let's go back to the six. Okay, we were to walk down, all right? What, what makes them a little different? What makes them stand out in the world? They're careful of trends, number two. They're careful of passions. If we were to say that these people loved Jesus, 
What we know to be true, okay, is that in our quest for holiness, for understanding the scripture and spending time with Jesus, it doesn't harm anyone, it helps. Okay? Paul is telling Timothy, look, go back in the text. For while body training is of some value, godliness is of value in every single way. In your head, in your heart, in your mind. When you pursue the Lord, when you run after Him with everything that you have, when you study the Word, when you spend time in prayer with Him, it has value in every way. There's not one thing in your quest for godliness that will hurt you. You'll have trials, you'll have tribulations, yes, you will have problems because you're passionately following Jesus. But he says, even that will help you. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes, you will go through hardships, but you'll be better for it on the other side. In every way, I would underline that like 17 times, as it holds promise for the present life, the one that we live now, and for the life to come that will be spent with Jesus Christ. Right? I mean, how good of a news is that to receive this Sunday morning? That in your quest for godliness, when you are watching your passions and you're watching the trends that are out there, and you want to be set apart on fire for Jesus Christ, and you're doing those things, you will be equipped in every way as it holds promise for the present life, the one you're living right now, at 11.05 a.m. on Sunday morning, all the way to your future life with Jesus Christ. That will be lived in eternity with Him. Because Jesus will ask the same question that those people are asking at your funeral. Did you love me? Like, did, you, did you love me? Timothy, this is important. This is important. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 9. Keeps going. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Man, I wish I could write like Paul when he has he has so much confidence in this. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Verse 10. For to this end, okay? Praise Jesus. He just brings it out to the forefront. For to this end, we toil. There's your problems. And we strive, there's your discipline, because we have our hope set on the living God. My God's not dead. My kids just sang it the other day, running through the house, getting chased by the dog. My God's not dead, he's surely alive. They're praying that he doesn't eat it. He's surely alive. He lives on the inside, he roars like a lion. He speaks to me when I in time his word. I just uh, saw the other day somebody said, if you don't think that God's speaking to you, you probably haven't opened your Bible in a while. Timothy, saying is trustworthy, deserving of full acceptance. In other words, take this all in. For to this end, we toil, we strive, we have problems, we're disciplined because we have our hope set on the living God who's the Savior of all people. Especially to those who believe. Now notice, Jesus offers his hand out to everyone, but few will accept him. Command and teach these things. Hide it under a bushel. No. Right? Now what's funny to me is, Timothy could have taken this text and he could have said, Oh, these are good words, Paul. Did he do that? Command and teach these things. 
Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you because of your youth. We could say it another way. Let no one despise you because you're old. But set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. So, Timothy, church, you are to be, I am to be, committed to our call. What is our call? Set that down. Commanded to our call. Committed to our call. Here's a trustworthy saying. In the labor of holiness, committed to scripture, there's going to come criticism. Okay? All these people who are in front who have uh, committed to watching trends, committed to watching their passions, committed to the call of Jesus Christ. In the quest for holiness, there's going to be some criticism. Excuse me. And at times, it's not going to seem worth it to chase after this godliness. But regardless of the trials and tribulations that we face, we continue to the call, which is to share the gospel. Matthew 28 is your call. It is my call. I am called and commanded to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them these truths. After you heard the message today, you get to go out and you get to say, Pastor Jordan preached a phenomenal message. Because it's God's word that he said. And this is what God's word says. Did you know this is what God's word says? Did you know that God says that in everything we are to be disciplined and he has taught us these things because he loves us and because he cares about us because he sent his only son to die on the cross. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you confess it enough and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is going to be saved. Amen. How many times have we preached that? I'll take a breath. <laughs> Why is that our call? Why is that our call as Christians? Because we don't take the word and hide it. We take the word and we own it and we bring it out. Because first and foremost, Christ preserves those whom he loves. That's the text. That's the truth. Christ preserves those whom he loves. The unsaved world needs to see that God in his care and compassion keeps us in his hand in all of our day-to-day -day endeavors. This person right here. I will watch the trends. I will watch my passions. I will get people for it. I will get criticized for it. I will get reprimanded for it from the outside world. But Christ will preserve me. That's what he tells Timothy. Timothy, when you start preaching these truths, it's not going to be popular. But Christ will preserve you. Congregation, when you go out and you start really living these things out, Christ will preserve you. The peace is not only admired, but the unbelieving world wants it. Look on the screen. Psalm chapter 107, verse 28. It says this. John, Psalm chapter 107, verse 28. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. God, we look different. God, we don't look like, we, like others. We don't look like the world. And in their trouble, he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves and the sea were hushed. And they were... What's that word? Glad. In your trials and your tribulations, are we happy? The disciples in the book of Acts left joyful that people had persecuted them. You see that? They were glad that the waters were quiet and brought them to their desired haven. I don't think this passage is talking, well, partly it's talking about literal figures in here. When I spend time in the Word and in prayer, that happens. 
The waters of my soul are quiet. And he brings me back to safety. Christ preserves. Not only does Christ preserve, write this down. He provides. But God, if I do this, if I'm different, if I watch a trance, if I watch my passions, if I'm really on call, right? If I'm going to the call, man, I'm sharing my faith. I'm out there telling people about Jesus, man. I'm all about it, right? Do you really provide for me? You believe me. Jesus provides salvation to all people who make the choice to follow him. And for the people that are going, look what Paul, Paul tells Timothy. You toil and strive because you have your hope set on the living God. Who is the Savior of all people? If Jesus is able to save you out of hell and sin, He is able to save you in the spots you get yourself in because you are faithful to Him. Side note, a uh, small plug for our Esther class. We're learning this in Esther. 9 o'clock, Sunday morning. Community Gospel Church, www.communitygospelchurch.com. 688-93-331. 1-800-GET-JESUS. <laughs> Esther's the same way, right? And she sees the hand of provision in God's life. Read that, read that book, phenomenal book, okay? When we're actively doing what we know is right, we do not have to live with the guilt of that which we know we have done wrong. Paul tells Timothy, teach these things. A minister of the gospel seriously bound to teach that there is a sense in which God is the Savior of all people who will believe. A glorious truth. All should come and live this way, regardless of their age. It doesn't matter if someone's young or old. All followers of Christ are ministers of the gospel. Called to live in such a way that people will not only respect you, but will come and join in your cry. Five ways, real fast. How do I look different? Watch the trends. Watch your passions. Watch these five things. One, first thing. Watch your words in your speech. Watch your words. Write that down. Watch your words. Watch your words. He says it in the text. Man, these things let no one believe or despise you because of you, but set an example in speech. Words. Our manner of life that is worthy and what we say in conversation be an example to all the truths of Scripture. Watch your words. Watch your words. Watch your speech. Be as bold as the lion, but soft at the same time as the lion. Speak truth. Speak passionate truth. But show the sincerity of your heart at the same time. It's crazy hard to do. And I fall short of this all the time. But watch your words. Watch your words. Second thing. In charity. What does he mean by that? He says, but set an example to deliver in speech, in charity would be in conduct. First Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, this is how we express our love to others, both within the church, with outside of the church. How do we love God? How do we love our neighbor? Okay. Watch your words. Proverbs tells us uh, back on words. That a, a godly man keeps his mouth closed. Interesting. 
also tells us we watch that 1 Corinthians 13, our conduct. Three more. In spirit, speech, conduct, another way to put it, love, okay? That which governs our passions and our desires. In faith, our trials we show we maintain unshaken confidence in God. Unshaken confidence in God. So I was a little different than the rest of the world. My words are a little different. My actions are a little different. My spirit's a little different. My faith is a little different. And then ultimately, impurity. Nothing in contact. Nothing in conduct that would qualify you for disservice. Okay. Let no one despise you of your youth or your middle-agedness or your old or mature. You want to say that? It says the believer is an example of speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. How now shall we live? Isn't that the question? Six people up here. Six people sit up here. How do we tell if they're Christian or not? Well, first and foremost, before anything else, we tell somebody's a Christian if they've confessed with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. We cannot call ourselves followers of Christ unless we have made a decision to follow Christ. <laughs> okay. It's the first question that we always ask and go back to the gospel. Have you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord? Yes. Now, moving along. What sets you apart from the rest of the world, church? What sets Timothy apart from the rest of the world? What sets us as a body of believers apart from the rest of the world? We watch, our, watch the trends. Watch the things that are rising. Watch the things that are appeasing. Watch the things that are easy to Watch your passions. Those things in which you are passionate about, watch them. Watch them, watch them, watch them. Make sure that they do not take precedence over your relationship with Jesus Christ. And then all of those things be committed to the call in which you have received, which is Romans chapter 10. That I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know no other relationship besides that one. Because it goes into every other relationship that I have. And because I have committed to that relationship, I am committed to the call of Jesus Christ. Have you came to know the same Jesus that I know? Who puts up a barrier around me? He doesn't do these things to harm me. He doesn't look at me and say, Jordan, you can't participate in the trends. Or Jordan, you can't, you know, have your passions exceed our relationship because I hate you. He says, no, I love you. And this is why I show you those things. So, therefore, be obedient in word, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Where is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Where is He really just kind of driving it? If you were to die today, and just as these six people showed up on stage, but your casket right here. What is the one thing that the people who are present at your funeral would say about you? Is it that you love the Lord? 
good to you. We don't deserve you. We deserve a relationship with you, but there's grace. It comes like a flood. It overtakes us. It changes us. It molds us out of who we used to be and into something else. Before the band plays or any music starts, do you know Jesus? I'm asking you. Do you know Jesus? Lord and Savior. Have you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is King? That His blood that was shed on the cross was for you? No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the things that you've participated in in the past or the life in which you once lived, has any sort of barrier to prevent you from coming into your relationship with Christ. It's an opportunity that has been offered and extended to all. If you do not think you are undeserving of that gift, if you think you do not deserve a relationship with Christ, do not believe the lie that Satan is telling you right now. Because Christ tells us over and over again that he died on the cross for our sins. He's extending his hand to you, even this morning. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and leave the old self and the lies behind and come and be embraced in a relationship with Christ. For those of us here who have made the decision to follow Jesus, where is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning? Because we know when we accepted the gift of the Spirit, he comes and he counsels and he convicts of the areas in which we are falling short in our own life. Is it the trends? Do you need to shake some of those trends? Is it your passions? Is there something in your life right now that is you're holding more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ? Is it getting in the way? Is it interfering with the time that you're spending in the Word and the prayers in which you need to be praying about the situations that are completely outside of your control? Could it be that maybe you're having some issues in your everyday life because your passions and the trends that are out there are taking more precedence than your relationship with Christ? If that's the case, pour your heart out to Him this morning. Confess. God, this is happening in my life. And turn away from those things and commit to Him. Ask Him for the strength to lean on Him. Ask Him for the desire to be in His Word this week, this month, this year. Ask Him to be committed to the call in which He has entrusted to your care. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe we're not out there sharing our faith with those who need it the most. Plead with the Lord here this morning. I think your words would be pure. 
that your actions would be pure, that your attitudes would be pure, that you would be conformed more and more to the image of Christ. Do not shake off that which God is leading you to. Submit to it and conform to it. God, we know that you want our best. Help us believe that as you're doing some convicting here this morning. God, we know you want to give us peace and a joy. Help us to know that as we are stirred here just a little bit this morning, to do some things for you that's worth it, because an unbelieving world needs it, and because we need it. Work in the lives of the saints here this week. They would be on call and committed to you. That they would think, use their minds, as they yield more and more to your word. Thank you for such a great truth this morning. And an awesome ability to be called your son or daughter. We pray for you. We anticipate you. We long for your return. Take all us home. All God's people said. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.